right. Hello, guys. Welcome to episode number four of the Justin Hanna podcast show, Elephant in the Room. Today, we have Nina Blankenship. She is one of the co-founders of Crypto Tutors, along with previous guests, Moetti and Lisa. And today, we're going to learn a little bit about more uh, about Nina, about who she is, what makes her tick, and how she got to uh, be part of Crypto Tutors. How are you doing, Nina? Great. Thank you. Excited to be here. <laughs> good, good, good. Is this is this your first time doing a podcast? No. <laughs> no? All right, great. So we're going to have lots and lots of fun, uh, lots of interesting stuff. Nina, just tell us a little bit about your background. You know, where? How did you get to the point of being uh, your own business co-founder? Uh, what did you do previously before Crypto Tutors? Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, before working for Crypto Tutors, I was working for LinkedIn for about six years. I was in the Singapore office overseeing the APAC region for the media solutions, which is like the online advertising side of things. So if you go to linkedin.com, the second space there is one of the advertising spaces. So whether it's, you know, giving advice to consultation um, to clients about what their viral video strategy should be, even down to their logo or their um, global go-to-market for different services or products or B2B, B2C. Yeah. So in terms of what should the image be or what should the video be of and how do you generate new leads? I had a team of about 17 people there throughout the APAC region from Australia, all of Southeast Asia, North Asia, India. And, you know, they were the relationship managers on the forefront with the customers. And my job was really to mentor them, make sure that they were selling the right thing, making sure that the consultation advice that they were giving to their clients was correct in that, you know, that we're not only, we really strive for excellence. So this is not the free LinkedIn, right? That everybody's like, oh, I have a LinkedIn account. You know, these are the clients that are spending hundreds of millions of dollars with LinkedIn. Whoa. So I never knew that there was a whole other side of LinkedIn, uh, just like you mentioned, because I'm one of those free users, or maybe I have a premium account so I can see who's looking at my profile and, you know, get the scoop on some other individuals. But that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, they have a whole uh, slew of different corporate products, whether it is the recruiter license, which you're able to do much more advanced types of searches, you know, the career pages where you go to see information about companies from the job postings to the online advertising. LinkedIn also has LinkedIn Talent Insights, which is their newest product that they rolled out. So they have many different features. And the most popular thing, I believe now is LinkedIn learning. You know, I think a lot of times, especially in the US in the past, people had a stigma like LinkedIn is the place to go to look for a new job. And it's really transformed where now people go to LinkedIn to learn. You know, they want to learn about whatever the newest skills that they need to be able to meet that skills gap. Or maybe they want to learn about the newest trends. So they're on the news feed checking out what's going on with their connections. So yeah, the content that I really recommend and what I'm using for crypto tutors is leading first was trying to educate people because if you can educate, teach an audience, you can develop trust. And that's like the most important thing. No, definitely. That's that's amazing. I actually noticed that with that same mention that a lot of companies are offering LinkedIn learning to their employees. Uh, to be able to develop new skill sets. So I see how it parallels and goes right along with what you guys are trying to do over at CryptoTutors. Yeah, absolutely. You can go visit my course if you have LinkedIn Learning. Um, I have an e-learning course on LinkedIn Learning called Video Strategies for High Engagement. 
because I was successful at helping many clients at LinkedIn go viral with their corporate strategies. So that experience from LinkedIn really helped me to take the next step in my career, which is with initially first with Let's Brainstorm, which is a viral video, full production company and marketing company. We even create songs, um, video, animation, everything that you would think that goes into making piece of content or video. And I would love to answer your first question, if you don't mind, about like, how did the whole crypto tutors get started? Because I think it's a really cool story that it's like more than a decade long, but I'll give you... Yeah, no, I want to hear about it solely. I'll give you the abridged version, save you some time. So when I was at UWF, getting the equivalent of my first two years, you know, getting the um, credits that I needed to be able to transfer later on to UF, I was in the math lab at UWF. This was like, what year was that? Probably 2005. And, Mm. you know, I walk in, this is like in Pensacola, Florida, you know, and I walk in there and waiting to be helped. And then all of a sudden, Moody comes up to me and he's like, oh, you know, do you need help on a statistics problem? And then he helped me and we developed a really cool relationship um, from the math lab because he was helping me to get all A's in my classes, right? So I'd always, I would always come back to him and ask him for more help because, you know, not all the tutors know every, not every tutor has the same, you know, knowledge. And you'd also have like cool shortcuts or teach me how to like double check my problems, all of that, my math problems, that is. Um, And yeah, then he inspired me to later on become a tutor myself. So um, I ended up transferring to UF and I also um, graduated with a finance degree. And later on, Wadi went to FSU and he's super genius and got like perfect score and is like GMAT um, on the math section. And I think he got like a full ride to FSU and he ended up getting his PhD. And after UF, I went to New York. We weren't really that close in touch at the time. And when I was in New York, I was in recruitment and I did that for about eight years. And then after that, I moved over. LinkedIn actually recruited me. And that's how I met Lisa. She's like one of the most incredible public speakers that you'll ever meet. Like when you're around her, you're so captivated by her passion and inspiration and drive that she gives other people in terms of her resilience. And oh, I don't think I said this, but in terms of my background, like I'm female, half Japanese, half American, but Lisa's Haitian and Moetti's, I think he was born here in the US, but his family's from Zimbabwe, right? Yeah. So we're a really diverse, dynamic duo. But at LinkedIn back in like 2000, January 5th, 2015 is when Lisa and I met that week during an onboarding presentation. You know that all these <laughs> company onboardings are they're like super boring. And I was like doodling on the paper. <laughs> And how I met her was I looked up because I was just doodling board and I heard somebody talk that just had the most incredible way about speaking, not only in terms of the way that they carry themselves with the confidence and the oh, the energy she gives off is amazing. Yeah, the energy and the vocabulary that she uses. It's like, oh, who knows those words? You know, you're finally somebody saying a new word that I didn't know what it was. And it made me just look up. And then all of a sudden I see her and I'm just so, she's just like so pretty. 
And uh, she's so positive, right, in terms of the way that she uh, speaks. And also it was nice because, you know, Lisa and I were not the youngest people at LinkedIn either. You know, when we first started working there, a lot of people were, you know, they were much younger than us, you know, at the time when they were hired. So, you know, it was a nice connection. And a few days later, we ended up chatting. And I, I think either I went up to her or she went up to me and I, I said, oh, I love your style. You know, let's be friends. <laughs> and that's beautiful how it starts. Yeah. And then we sort of just connected after that. And I was really advocating for her because at the time, even in my own department, in terms of leadership at LinkedIn, there wasn't a lot of diversity. And when I say diversity, I just even mean like females versus males. I'm not even talking about, you know, blacks versus whites or anything like that. And so then any kind of like speaking gig that was possible I always advocate for Lisa to be like the face of the brand for LinkedIn and always be cheering her on in the audience. And, you know, we needed that. And she had these sessions at LinkedIn. Anybody's listening, LinkedIn has this like speakeasy inside of the Empire State Building. You actually have to like what? a phone number to get into a secret room where there's a, where there's a secret bar. Uh-oh. Um, I'm going to go check that out next time I'm in New York. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so Lisa would have these things called Fancy Five Fridays because that's her other business. And um, she'd really be motivating other people. You know, at the end of the day, Justin, have you ever been like TGIF? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, you know, many people, no matter what company or industry you're in, are like, gosh, TGIF, right? And she would have these sessions and the speakeasies, which would um, be about being being able to overcome that feeling and leaving with a sense of you're ready for Monday and everybody would share a positive share, you know, something that they had to overcome and like, what are the steps that they're going to, you know, a challenge and like, what are the steps that they're going to take to overcome that challenge? And together, really everybody, you know, it was a safe place where everybody could chime in and everybody could be motivated, ready for Monday. And, you know, I saw so many people just, whether they were going through a seriously challenging time, whether it's personally or professionally, and she would help to turn some of the most difficult situations around. It was so inspiring to be around her. So obviously, she, her and I became best friends. And even after I moved to Singapore, and I lived there for four years. And recently, in February 11th, I moved back from Singapore because Singapore had 46 cases of COVID. But as you know, that Singapore is closer to China than the US, for example, right? Yeah, no, it's it's right there. Actually, I'm about to go there at the end of this year for uh, for my grad school. Singapore or China? Which one? Singapore. Singapore. Oh, okay, cool. Um, are you going to INSEAD or where are you going? I have no idea yet. We have a, a program um, where we do kind of like a, a business war game where we solve a real life business challenge to see if we can uh, win. And then they use our challenge to solve whatever problem they have at their, their, they're facing at their business. Oh, amazing. Okay. Well, if you can phone a friend while you're there, let me know. I have so many contacts in Singapore. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'm looking forward (laughs) to it. 
Yeah, no. Tell me about about your move back to uh, from the coronavirus oh, cases. Yeah. I know forty six is low, but cool. it's really close to China, so I definitely understand. Yeah, I mean, it was scary because you know I'm single and you know living in Singapore by myself. I'm an expat. I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know what was going on if they were going to shut down the borders, whether it was through Singapore or to the U.S. or which country would make what decision. Don't get me wrong; I was very impressed with how. Singapore handled everything. That whole country is fantastic. If you ever get an opportunity to live there or work there, I highly recommend it. But it was just the fact that I was by myself, right? And my family was here. I personally had just gotten out of an eight-year relationship about, you know, six months before that. So I was Tough. I was just ready. It was like time to move back home to the US just personally for me. Now, when I bought my flight to come back and I just brought a carry on bag with me, I was thinking, oh, I'll just like um, come back to the US for a few months and then go back to Singapore and I'll just be gone for a few months. I didn't think COVID, I don't know if anybody thought COVID was going to last this long. Yeah, shut the whole world down. (laughs) So... What ended up happening is that, you know, I was still working for LinkedIn up until August. And, you know, what ended up happening is that it was kind of crazy with me working, you know, both, I would call it vampire hours or is working Singapore hours, but being based out of Orlando, Florida. And it was getting tough on me. And so, but basically what ended up happening is that, um, LinkedIn had a global layoff of the media solutions team. They laid off 960 people um, globally. And my role was one of them. And, uh, you know, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And I'm, I'm really blessed about everything that happened to me about LinkedIn. I couldn't say more positive things about LinkedIn and all the managers and the people there that are... They really just aspire to be the best that they can be, like the best quality, the best ideas, the best in terms of the product. Every every step of the way, they're trying to be innovative. And I, I really enjoyed my time working there, but it was just time for me to start my own venture. So in March, when I came back, I did LLC Let's Brainstorm, which is you know the viral video marketing company that I just recently launched. But I, never, I see that. But I never thought so, so- I was going to like, activate that company name i just like oh that's a cool name so let me just (laughs) get the ein number before somebody else but the world kind of forced you into it though right and then look what's happening beautiful things are happening right yeah it's just it's kind of like now looking back at it i feel like it was meant to be so then in the meanwhile while all this is happening you know i've been keeping in touch with Moody, like, Hey, how's it going? And, you know, he's, he was giving me some advice about cryptocurrency. And even though I was a finance major, it really wasn't trading at all. Like not even regular stocks. I wasn't trading. I probably have the least amount of knowledge in terms of cryptocurrency at this point relative to Lisa and Moody in terms of all, like there's over uh, 8,000 cryptocurrencies, you know, I'm probably involved in maybe like a handful of <laughs> So what did you know at that point? Like, what was your your level of understanding of cryptocurrency when uh, you first started speaking to Moetti about it? Well, you know, here's the thing is like, I knew that, you know, um, as a diverse professional, I needed to be in cryptocurrency because I always felt like it was like a man's world trading, 
you know, and whether it was regular trading or even cryptocurrency, when I thought about cryptocurrency, I automatically associate it with a white male. And here's a guy like Moetti that was, you know, as a friend, so passionate. He actually wrote his first white paper after getting his PhD about a specific type of cryptocurrency we talk about in our e-learning course because he felt so passionately about it, right? Many, many years have gone by since graduation. And, you know, I really think that women specifically are really out of touch with cryptocurrency because number one, they don't have a network, a community where they feel like they can have somebody to talk to about cryptocurrency. So, you know, feel free to always comment or chat on any of the social media handles for crypto tutors and we'll always write you back. We may not be able to give you financial advice, but we're always happy, happy to, you know, engage with the people who comment um, on our posts. And um, yeah, it's, it was really cool um, to be able to just engage in conversations with him about even like the how to and the steps. There's a million, you know, it feels like there's a million steps in our course. We take screenshots and animations and we explain all the vocabulary words, of every single word, every single step that goes into it, because it is so intimidating. And a lot of times when you read these articles online, like, oh, how do you, you know, um, invest in a specific coin? They're like, okay, it's three steps. And you're like, actually, no, it's like 50 steps. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I was telling Moetti when we, when we uh, had our first podcast that I got in cryptocurrency back in the early 2010s. And in order to do cryptocurrency back then, you would have to do, you'd have to know almost programming language. Yeah. I had to learn uh, Linux to be able to get into cryptocurrency. Wow. wow. And now, you know, all these um, new, uh, like the Coinbases yeah. and just other platforms, they're just a, a user interface right. for the thing that I had to learn to code for. Exactly. So what year yes. did you start as an example? Oh, man. Uh, we, I would have to say it was somewhere around 2015. 15, 2014, uh, I started off doing Ethereum mining. Okay. So I learned how to, at first, I've never built a computer. So I had no idea or concept of how a computer went together. So not only did I not know that, I had to learn how to build a computer from scratch because you're making a mining rig, which is pretty much just a really expensive, fancy computer that does one task. Mm. And then the second thing that I had to learn was uh, Linux. And I had to learn Linux to be able to code to program my computer to mine Ethereum. Wow. And this is this is way before you had all these software programs that you can just literally plug and play right. now. It's come a long, long way. Um, I was in it so early that I actually had an online store called Get Rich or Die Mining. Uh, <laughs> a pun to 50. And uh, with that, I actually, you know, gave my knowledge back out to the other Ethereum miners. I had one of the largest groups on Facebook at the time. Uh, I was selling internationally to people in Singapore and Canada, South America, uh, just because I took my business skills of having like all my um, wholesale accounts. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually an authorized dealer with some of the, the large uh, graphics cards manufacturers. And then I would pass that same access along to everyone else because getting graphics cards at the time was almost near impossible. So since I had a, a, a source, mm. I gave it to everyone else and shared it. Yeah. So it was cool. it was fun and interesting. You're a trailblazer. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just out of curiosity, like back then, like how many women, you know, that you were speaking to were 
blockchain or crypto? Ooh, that's an excellent question. And I'm going to give you a very easy answer. Probably none. Right? So even like to this day, when I talk to guys and I initiate conversation, you know, they many times will say to me, you're the first female who's ever taken the initiative to talk to me about crypto, you know, and I really want that to change. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we started Crypto Tutors was really to educate, not only educate people because it is complicated. So, you know, our mission is trying to simplify cryptocurrency. But also, if you look at our logo, you know, you go to CryptoTutors.com, you can see our logo is a beautiful female. And, you know, I believe that we're the first cryptocurrency company that has a logo of a female that provides representation. And many times when you talk to women, you know, um, even women that are on my team, you know, on the back end, Um, that are supporting crypto tutors and they're going through and they're editing the course for crypto tutors and you know all of that they they know about the content but until you physically tell them and look them in the eyes and say you can do it you can invest in cryptocurrency like i'm going to give you 300 dollars just so that when you can do the steps yourself go ahead you can try it and they're like wow i didn't know that i could do it I like yeah. they didn't have the confidence in themselves to learn it um, because they never had an opportunity in terms of the education or the steps every step of the way, like every click to go and try it out. Uh, Nina, I want to give pause real quick because you touched on a lot of important things and it's it's almost indirectly, but it's a major subject that's going on right now in our current culture, which is about diversity and inclusion. And just from the beginning of this conversation and just some of the uh, things that you've touched on, you're shedding light to what the diversity actually brings to the table as far as how it actually helps other people out. Because a lot of people don't understand that not everyone has equal access to information. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're really talking about is who has the information to you know trade uh, cryptocurrencies or it could be any other subject. And you're telling me your story about, you know, just as a woman, how it's impacted you to be able to be in this space and be able to share your experiences with other women that are also in this space and how it kind of, how it affects them, how it changes the mindset and gives them the confidence to, you know, go out there and strive more. Because yes, you know, me being a male, a lot of times I don't think about some of the things that you just said about uh, you know, uh, cryptocurrency is ma- mainly a male dominated, uh, you know, s- industry. And, you know, at first, like, I never would have thought that. But once you brought it up, I started thinking and I said, no, you're absolutely correct. And it's just amazing. And it's very inspiring for you to be able to share your, you know, experiences, you know, however, just in the last few months of how much it's Im- impacted yourself and other people around you, just by being able to give that information to let people know that it's not so daunting to be able to get into the cryptocurrency world space, be able to profit from it and how it actually works. So uh, I just want to point that out and say thank you so much, Nina, for being able to speak about that. Absolutely. It's so important. That's why, you know, we formed Crypto Tutors because we studied this when we were trying to figure out why is it that women don't invest in cryptocurrency versus men and there are many studies and i personally believe it's because people are lacking the community you know if if 
if um, women, you know, had 10 of their girlfriends all talking about crypto, you know, and, and what the impact of their investments were. Like Lisa, we just posted on our social media, um, you know, she just cashed out recently for an investment that she had and she was able to buy an, um, an Apple Air like no- notebook, you know. Um, the, like this is real people doing real things. And one of the um, studies said that, well, women just in general don't prefer a high volatile um, investment strategy and they're more long term. And the thing that I want to um, just point out about long term is that for women, the definition of long term can be very different than men. I've had many conversations, even specifically about Bitcoin with other men. And they're like, yeah, but why is that? Like, you know, if Bitcoin is a long-term investment. That's what a lot of men believe, right? But it is. if women see a drop in Bitcoin of 20%, they're not going to feel comfortable about their long-term investment. And for women, like, or anybody for that matter, people of diverse backgrounds are more conservative in terms of their investments versus white males. So in that aspect, it's like, well, what is the definition of long-term to you? Because more aggressive investors would say, okay, well, Bitcoin is a 30-year investment strategy. It's not like a one-year or five-year strategy. But for no, men and women, they would say, oh, even like one year is a long-term strategy for them when it comes to financially investing. It, I'm glad that you pointed that out as well, because what you're shedding light to is being able to step back and look down on, you know, in this case, Bitcoin or the trading strategy and see a larger long-term picture, the big picture. And what you're mentioning when you're talking about, you know, 20% drops when a currency increases by a couple thousand percent, what is really 20% when you stretch that line out over 30 years? It's nothing. It's like a little blip. But in the long term, you're going to see that investment because when crypto, uh, when Bitcoin first came out, it was only a few bucks. Mm-hmm. Now it's worth 40000 There are people that are, you know, part of the big banking system, part of Wall Street, and they're having interviews as well talking about Bitcoin you know, could is easily valued at 150,000 from their perspective of, you know, just the functionality that it, it presents and how it can impact the world. And so when you start looking at it from their level of knowledge, <clears throat> and then start looking at it long term, a lot of people don't realize that Bitcoin um, will still be getting produced all the way up until I think it's 2041 until the last Bitcoin is actually mined. And then that's just going past the first cycle of this cryptocurrency. There are so many cycles or stages that are going to come afterwards that what is 30 years? 30 years is going to be nothing when you're talking about trying to create long-term generational wealth for your family and then your family's family and the next generation and so on and so forth. So this is all very important information that you're pointing out. Mm, Thanks. Yeah. And so when we decided, okay, you know, we're going to film an e-learning course, right? We're going to write the script, film it, have the animators animate the vocabulary words and the graphic designers and all of that. And, you know, come up with a cool song as well. So if you go to CryptoTutors.com, you can always go to the bottom of our website and listen to our awesome song because we're trying to do like some edutainment and make it fun. Um, You know, this takes a long time to produce. So 
Um, and then you got to edit all of the video content. So Lisa and Moletti and I, you know, we were in a house. We got everybody COVID tested ahead of time. Um, we were in the house for like two weeks filming this e-learning course. Um, and it's like, what advice are we going to give people that no matter when it is and for um, more for the conservative investors? So um, that's why our course is called Making Money While You Sleep, because not every single cryptocurrency is as volatile as Bitcoin. Right. And, you know, also, if you have um, staking in your cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. How I explain staking to everybody who, you know, is listening to this and may not have ever invested in crypto is kind of like dividends for stocks, you know, um, where you get a payout of a, a certain amount. And a lot of times that payout can be pretty su- significant. So, um, you know, in our course, we're not really, we're, you have to buy Bitcoin first, um, but we do talk about a more conservative coin, um, which is stablecoin USDN and it's stable because, you know, it's not volatile. And I think this is a really good first step investment, um, you know, in terms of learning all of the steps and getting um, around 10 to 15% interest. That's where I feel like women and people of diverse communities, if they knew that, you know, their money, their initial investment was not going to go down and you can just, you know, for example, in your bank account, you get less than like 1%, you know, it's like ridiculous. I don't even know if it's that high. Yeah, it's probably not. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but then, okay, well, what if you were to put a certain amount of money, um, you know, in stablecoin USDN? So while all the other ones are going down, like there's been times, you know, where I've seen like a, a lot of people lose a significant amount of money in Bitcoin, you know, during a short term. And I was like, okay, well, I had some money in stablecoin USDN. So it was an, you know, it's a nice way to diversify. Um, and it's a good investment to learn about different cryptocurrencies, in my opinion, um, where you don't feel like you're, uh, as a first time investor, you don't feel scared. And I think that's so important because your first time investing, it's like, I remember I had to call Mwadi so many times. I was like, am I pressing the right button? <laughs> like I was afraid to make mistakes. And I was watching <laughs> when you first get started, of course, you're, wa- you're watching it more closely, like in the market, you're probably watching it like every day, like, okay, what's the amount of money that I'm getting back on my return? Like, is it what I was told that I was going to get, you know, so you're definitely looking at it a lot more often. And I think that if we can give the confidence to women and people of diverse backgrounds, or even beginners of no matter what background that they are, it'll increase the confidence and therefore we'll be able to shorten the wealth gap, we'll be able to shorten the knowledge gap and all tides will raise. This is so true. And it's a very beautiful thing what you guys have created and what you're doing. And I love how yourself, Moetti, and Lisa have brought different aspects of their experiences, what their expertise to help build this platform that you're sharing with the rest of the world to be able to give this information out to them. Uh, because for you to be able to have such a high pedigree in making viral marketing videos uh, and have that knowledge and then be able to bring it so you can share it with other people in a very easy to digest way on a very easy to use platform 
that's just, it's just beautiful things when things work out in a way that you didn't, just like you said, a few months ago, less than half a year ago, you were at LinkedIn. And now here you are with a full diverse platform to be able to teach people about how to use cryptocurrency, what it's about, and, you know, the power that it's going to be able to generate and have for you. So I just think it's truly amazing. Nina. Thank you. Um, we're so happy every single day. We get so much positive feedback from other people, whether it's about how stylish and cool the crypto queen is or, you know, from <laughs> other people talking about, oh, thank you so much for breaking it down. Or even just how we have a group of tutors that at any point in time, you feel like you made a mistake or you need some handholding throughout the process, whether it's to move your money from your bank account or are you staking or maybe you need to sell your crypto, move it back into your bank account. Like, how do you go about doing that? So we always say like crypto tutors got your back. So Nina, when you guys were making this uh, platform and you're doing, you know, what you're good at, what was the hardest thing that you had to run into for yourself? You know, Moetti's is different, Lisa's is different, but what was your uh, biggest challenge when creating Crypto Tutors uh, so you can share it with the world? I definitely think filming the e-learning course was the most difficult. In a two-week time period, we not only filmed the e-learning course for Crypto Tutors, but we also filmed another one for Let's Brainstorm. So I have one called um, How to Elevate Your Personal Brand. That's coming out as well. And it's the... I always tell Lisa and Moadi, they're like, how, how are you doing? How do you feel? And I say, oh, I feel like I'm putting together a puzzle piece that is a million pieces and it's moving 180 degrees and I'm like trying to put the piece <laughs> into the place that it belongs because there's a lot of moving parts that go into editing an e-learning course and filming it and you know prepping to film it as well so um but i'm really happy with the product that we have put together because even though coinbase is one thing then you gotta go coinbase doesn't have all the coins right so we show coinbase we show waves exchange and then really understanding like the basics of like our monetary system and you know how maybe the future may be and really trying to get people to understand that with a lot of graphics and animations there's just so much detail that went into our course and i'm really proud of it but it was also the most no, difficult thing <laughs> well I, i'm sure that it was a challenge but i know that you guys definitely overcame because you know we're here and what i like to know is what you know, what about how how long or how many, you know, how deep does this information go? Is this something that you guys will always continue to update as it goes on? Like, what is your strategy for being able to deliver new content for people who do decide to look into Crypto Tutors, who wants to join? What What is this? Uh, where do you guys see Crypto Tutors? Yeah. I this- would say definitely you can go to our website. Another place that I would really recommend is subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are aggressively... Mm-hmm pushing out, you know, two to four videos a month, which which is a series of interviews called The Crypto Couch, where we have the latest trailblazers of different experts from blockchain and cryptocurrency talking. So for example, our newest one on our YouTube channel is with Casimir, who's this awesome genius related to NFTs, which is, I didn't even know what an NFT was, but from my understanding, how to describe it is it's, you know, digital art, whether it's like a design or it can be music, anything that is under the intangible, you can't physically touch it. 
but it's encrypted with blockchain. So therefore it has like an intellectual property aspect to it. And people are bidding on these NFTs um, for hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's insane. Um, so Casimir talks about like, what is an NFT and, you know, goes into her personal background and describes more of the technical as aspects of it as well. So we have those interviews, you know, we're just trying to make things fun for people to learn. So even on our website or our social media, whether that's on LinkedIn or Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, we try to give like fun facts, vocabulary words. And every week we have a new blog that talks about whether it's a new cryptocurrency or something that's going on within the crypto space. You know, we don't try to give personal financial investment, but we do talk about different coins and like why you should know about them. And I think that no matter what, if you're going to invest in cryptocurrency or if you're not, you have to know about the vocabulary and what are all these things mean? Because 10 years from now, you can't be left behind. I love it. Well, Nina, it's been a pleasure to have you on, to get to know you, to understand, you know, how much knowledge and information that you've accumulated over the past years, how you're taking that knowledge and then sharing it with the rest of the world uh, to be able to give them this information. Is there anything uh, else that you would like to share at this moment to be able to give uh, the floor is yours? Mm -hmm. I would just say for anybody out there that says, you know, cryptocurrency is scary, um, or, you know, they're, they think it's too good to be true. I would really recommend them to, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are going to have another series coming up about, you know, why is the technology behind cryptocurrency not scary <laughs> when you actually get to know it? So that's going to be a cool one to watch with, um, Miles as the speaker for that session. And I would really just encourage everybody that's listening to this just to educate themselves. And, you know, you can go to crypto tutors and get all the education that you really need about the vernacular and the vocabulary and the fun facts and listen to our cool music that we have coming out about cryptocurrency and just try to edutain yourself and have a good time and try not to be scared and try to be open-minded because this is the way of the future. And I don't want anybody who's listening to this to be like, oh, I should have like gotten into crypto. Um, you know, now it's 2021, but imagine if you're um, in um, 10 years from now, right? What are you going to do? You know, will you regret this? Think about it like that. Yes, the barrier entry is definitely going to change. It's changed from the five years ago when I started it to now. And this is definitely the time to be looking at this. And Nina, I, I loved it. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to have this uh, podcast with us. And tell us one more time how people can connect with you and connect with crypto tutors. Sure. To connect with me, I'd really recommend connecting me with me on LinkedIn. I go on LinkedIn almost every day and I highly believe that it's one of the best platforms out there in terms of engagement. You can check out my article, my profile about an AB test that I did in relationship to other social media platforms. So definitely connect with me. My name is Nina Blankenship on LinkedIn. And to learn more about Crypto Tutors, you can go to CryptoTutors.com and definitely check out and subscribe for all of our blog posts. And then we also have our YouTube channel, which is going to have some of the most amazing videos related to cryptocurrency and blockchain. So I can't wait for everybody to have fun and learn more. All right. Thank you, Nina. Crypto Tutors. Crypto Tutors. Crypto Tutors. Hey. It's a way. Making money in my sleep? 
making money in my sleep.